1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 248. got a returning guest to the show to talk some more fantasy baseball, his awesome pitch leaderboard, and much, much more. You can find him on Twitter, at Dolph Haldhagen. Alex Chamberlain, how are we doing, man?
2: I am good, dude. How are you doing?
1: I am doing great. Uh, it's always good to chat with you. Uh, baseball yeah. is in the air. So it's beautiful.
2: Thing. It is. It is. I'm excited,
1: yes. Uh, you can find his work over at Rotographs. He's got tons of articles, tons of cool stuff. We're going to hit on a bunch of those articles, but we're going to most importantly talk about his pitch leaderboard. Before we even get into all of that, let everybody know how they can uh, get this leaderboard and all that good stuff.
2: Uh, okay. Um, well, the easiest way is to just find me on Twitter and shoot me a message. My messages are open. Um, basically. Uh, I mean, the the link is publicly available. So there there's like an old version of it that I ran all of 2019. And that's in like the, uh, the URL spot of my profile. So like, if you went directly to my Twitter profile, my URL would be uh, the pitch leaderboard. But I've been overhauling it this off season, um, adding different metrics. Um, I put up like, you know, I made like a deserved strikeout rate, deserved walk rate, deserved barrel rate kind of stuff. That's all up on this like, quote-unquote secret version of the pitch leaderboard um and i've basically just been offering access uh to people who have either sent me a nominal uh uh it sounds so tacky but like just if they pay me like a nominal amount like five bucks um or if someone doesn't want to pay this cheapskate um who's making this thing um they can donate to any charity that they want um twenty dollars or more and just send a screenshot and then I'll give you access to it. Um I technically said today is the last day for that. Um that's you know that's I only did that just so people don't get upset at me when it actually goes live. So like they they like donate to charity and then the next day like I unveil
1: <laughs> version
2: 2.0. So that's gonna happen eventually. Like what what is secret right now will become public. Um, but for right now I'm just providing people the opportunity to um have some access to some cool stuff before anyone else's while I'm kind of like tweaking things to make sure that we're ready for the 2020 season. So um, the short of it is just, just go to my Twitter and either go to the link that's in my profile, or you can uh, message me and, and, and we can arrange a way for you to get access to um, the, the secret um, version of the pitch, the pitch leaderboard.
1: The top secret pitch leaderboard. There's a lot of awesome stuff on it between, you know, X stats and batted ball events and all kinds of different deals um how did this come to like we'll just start from the beginning how did this come to be like what was your vision when you started doing this because it's fun watching it develop on twitter and then on the, the leaderboard it seems like you keep finding more and more things you just keep adding to it it's quite the uh labor of love is the way i'll phrase it
2: yeah that's a great way to phrase it uh and it's yeah it's ever evolving um well i i um you know, I probably was inspired like as far back as like four years ago, um, when I when I first uh, maybe maybe even five years ago when I first found uh, baseball prospectuses um, pitch leaderboard. And they have they have something similar. Um, it just I don't even know if they if it's like up on they, they did such a big overhaul of their site. I don't even know if it's available anymore. Um, but they basically. Had the same thing that I'm doing right now, but just in a much more limited fashion, and really just not user friendly or even that easy to find if you don't know that it exists. Um, It had like uh, average uh, velocity and um, you know like slash lines and swinging strike rates and stuff for these pitches, and you could split it like by month and by by handedness. And there were there were some filters and there's some functionality in there, but it was all Pitch FX, so it wasn't any of the new Statcast stuff. Um, and again, it's just kind of like the the interface uh, of it wasn't particularly useful. Um, so I really wanted to do something with StatCast that kind of like borrowed from baseball prospectuses. Well, I can't even say that as a plural or a possessive, but BP's <laughs> um, uh, leaderboard, but make it look more like a Fangraphs leaderboard, which I think is more like user-friendly. So like I kind of like blended those two together and used StatCast data, <clears throat> excuse me, as the underlying data. And um, it never, like, it never occurred to me to actually just take it upon myself to do it until I talked to Rob Silver um, uh, after the 2018 season, expe- actually at First Pitch Arizona specifically. Um, and, like, we felt like we were some of the only people who were doing any kind of, like, rigorous pitch-specific analysis for pitchers. Like, people are people are wondering why certain guys play up a certain way or play down a certain way. Uh, why certain guys are changing from year to, excuse me, from year to year. And, you know, we can point to a certain pitch and say something about it, but not really have a lot of data to support uh, any of our conjectures. And so we just, we, you know, the, the, the idea didn't come from Rob necessarily, but it was just like, after talking to him about it and like DMing with him for like six months about like all this pitch specific stuff and like how obvious it is that we should be using this more and more, um, and me getting frustrated with not <laughs> being able to use the Statcast search function very well, I just kind of like I just did it. I just did it for myself, and then um, when it got to a point where it was like actually usable, I just let other people uh, use it, and it became a kind of a thing. And it's it's cool that people uh, you know find it find it helpful. That's the idea. So it's like it makes it easier to to look at Statcast data and kind of have it look like a Fangraphs table. Um, and be able to to filter and and sort and and stuff the way you might you might do with a normal uh, FanGraphs leaderboard.
1: It's it's absolutely amazing because I've, I've tweeted many times how I can go on Baseball Savant and just go down a rabbit hole for hours, and I know a lot of people can't because there's so many factors to it. And they keep adding things, and I'm not even half smart enough to re- like appreciate everything they offer there. I'm just I stick to the basics. What your leaderboard offers is all that cool stuff you guys talk about. I can find it in one spot, and it makes my life so much easier because it's literally like one player, hitter, pitch, or whatever. All the different deals you can break it down as small or as large as you want, and I absolutely love that. Um, when you were putting this together, like, how do you? Because when you first get it, I remember when you first sent this to me. I opened it up, I'm like, oh, huh, that's a lot." There's a lot going on there, um, but then you slowly get into it. It's fine how would you recommend to someone to kind of approach this? Because like I said, you can go from a full scale and you can get as small as the exact pitch for like that month or something that you want to do. So how would you recommend that?
2: Yeah. um, Well, I, I just say like from the, from the highest level, like I, I remember when I first found Fangraphs, the website for my own personal consumption in like 2013 or 2014 or whatever. And I remember being super overwhelmed, Um, By their leaderboard, like all the different options, all the different metrics, especially stuff that like I had never heard of before, straight up, like just ripped open my world in terms of like (laughs) sabermetrics and not even really knowing like how crazy this all gets, frankly, in terms of analysis, just like I was young and stupid. And, um, you know, when you get to the leaderboard, you kind of have that same moment of like, oh, my God, this is like way too much for me to digest and it's one of those things where like i that was like one of the purposes of making it look like a fan table or something is i just wanted it to be at least a little bit familiar in terms of like in terms of what you're you're consuming um and like using some of the same nomenclature for the metrics so it, it it's familiar but there's definitely like you know there's there's like eight tabs or whatever um there's more than just there's more than just leaderboards like i have rolling graphs mm-hmm. the way that fan graphs has rolling graphs and i have like a splits page that's Actually, secretly, my not even secretly my favorite tab, um, where it's I can awesome. just I can just pull up a name <laughs> and look at all of this particular's pitchers, uh, mm-hmm. splits by pitch and any kind of split you want over over multiple years, and it just just kind of takes some like sitting with it and poking around and and. And toggling filters and using drop downs to see like what basically what happens when when you when you click on this particular thing um it's just you know i I don't really have good advice in that regard, but in terms of like what you're looking for like um you know a lot a lot of people talk about um like swinging strike rates um uh you know. Called called plus swinging uh, strikes. I can't remember what the the, the taxonomy is there for CSW. Um, just like some of the more prominent metrics that we've been using, uh, xwoba um, barrels, etc. Like you know, I have them I have them rolled up uh, as averages over the full season to start, but you can like shift dates using sliders to look at just June fifteenth onward. Kind of thing, and then you can select certain players, or even select certain handedness um, of the pitcher or of the hitter, or um, of you know pick a team. You can just pick one team and have all of those pitchers or hitters show up, or you can just pick um, wh- or starters versus relievers. So It's got all the the normal functionality of like a Fangraphs leaderboard, um, and then I also have it for pitchers and hitters, um, so you can see like all the same metrics on mm-hmm. both sides of uh, the plate appearance um and that's you know i i'm rambling i'm rambling because i i don't have the good answer (laughs) like where you should start but where your interests lie should kind of like guide where you're looking for like i have a tab specifically devoted to uh like batted ball quality and batted Mm -hmm. ball events so like barrel rate uh pull rate um launch angle uh exit velocity like that's all in one tab and then i have one tab that has like uh zone rate contact rate uh swinging strike rate uh you know, pitch velocity, um, a spin rate, so like things, things uh, that are associated with like each specific pitch, as, as opposed to each specific uh, uh, like batted ball event. So I'm trying to I'm trying to group things intuitively mm-hmm. um, for folks who uh, are are just seeing it for the first time and are are just as overwhelmed as I was when I when I first saw Fangraph. So that's that's the really the best way is to just sit with it and click through it and 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 understand that like all of these metrics are the same as when the same ones you've been using, they're just presented in a slightly different context.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I love it. It it's cool and I, I like how like I said you can do hitters and pitchers. You mentioned the splits tab and it's it's a really cool tab because like you said, you can do certain pitchers, certain splits, whatever you want. It's all on here. Is I know it's a boatload of work most likely. Do you envision doing hitters on this as well?
2: Uh oh for the splits? Yes. Yeah, I would like to. Yeah, I, am I going to get to it before the season starts? <laughs> I um, doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the to-do list got really long. Um, I would really, I would really like to have a hitter splits tab, and then I would want to add more functionality to the rolling graph, like to have uh, like maybe like multiple metrics show up. Um, right now, you can like look at one metric across multiple pitches for a pitcher. So, like right now, it's defaulted to you, Darvish. Uh, On swinging strike rates. So, like, it shows like all eight or whatever is pitches. Um, And the the 100 pitch swinging strike rates for all eight pitches. Like, that's cool. That's a neat thing that I did. Um, But I would like to be able to, like, have uh, multiple metrics at once if you wanted to, and then have, like, different windows. Like, if you didn't want to do, like, per pitch, you want to do, like, I don't know, like, per game, or like, for hitters, if you want to do per plate appearance, like, just having that different option. So, it's not always. Per pitch, because it doesn't really always apply, like, uh, I don't know, like, barrel rate per pitch doesn't help because 75% of those pitches don't have a ball in play happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just kind of obscures it. So those are things that I need to tweak before the season starts. Realistically, I won't, but again, the short answer is, yeah, eventually there's going to be a hitter's um, splits tab, and it's going to look pretty much the same, and I hope it has kind of the same... Uh, usefulness, but I guess we'll, oh, we'll see.
1: It'll have it'll have tremendous usefulness. I, I'm going to you that right now because just the way you can use the pitchers ones is amazing. To uh, make it on the the hitter side, it'll be well received. I'm pretty positive on that. Um, we mentioned there's there's all these different stats, and and you, you did say it that basically go to what you want, like what you like, and it, it makes sense. You know, find what you like and go dig into it. And as you dig into it, you'll probably find other factors here, and you just keep going and going and going. Um what is your go-to stat when you're when you're looking at pitchers and I know you've talked before I believe like you know K minus walk and those type of deals on your leaderboards here what's like the the one go-to or couple go-tos on your leaderboard
2: So the things that I've been using like pretty prominently um in my research this preseason is like the deserved uh strikeout rate and the deserved walk rates that I created um I have the like the R squared the R squared um, that's a measure of like how well, um, this deserved metric, uh, correlates with the, the actual metric. And, um, the relationship is really strong for both of them, for both hitters and pitchers. And I think I looked it up and like, or I, I, I ran the test and, um, like the deserved strikeout rate is just as predictive as, uh, actual strikeout rate, which is, which is unusual. And that it's, that means it's pretty strong. So like I've been in I've been using deserved strikeout rate and deserved walk rate and just looking at the biggest outliers from last year, um, trying to poke around to see, um, you know, like what might have driven those disparities. Um, There are certain guys who uh, uh, routinely outperform or underperform their deserved rates, and that's just kind of like a nuance of them that isn't captured by uh the metric whether it's uh, a lack of efficiency or um just certain things about their command that aren't quite captured by uh like zone rate like zone percentage is just yes or no did it go in the zone or not but it doesn't really capture the nuance of like was he spotting his fastball on the on the corner or uh was he just totally wild um so, like, there, there's some small things that the that those things don't uh, don't totally account for. And you can kind of see those patterns bear out over time for certain guys. But overall, um, like a Brandon Woodruff type, not to, like, already start um, shitting on him. Bleep it if you need to. I apologize. No. Um,
1: Let loose. The, all the right. E- shitting. E- the, e- the egos on just the uh, the podcast. They know.
2: Defecating <laughs> on Brandon Woodruff. Um, of, he, I, I just recall him being one of the guys who stood out as having – Uh, greatly outperformed his strikeout rate Um, and like just from the most basic um, measure of like looking at a swinging strike rate compared to a strikeout rate, we can see without even using my deserved strikeout rate that he probably was lucky, but having that extra validation is really helpful. So I've been using that to my own, uh, perhaps advantage. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I my own stupidity will be the death of me anyway. So, um, <laughs> but you know, using those things have been really helpful for me, um, just to kind of like wade through the noise or to, to confirm, uh, certain breakup performances. You know, you can, the other, the flip side of the coin is looking at something like uh deserved barrel rate and seeing, uh, or, or even something as simple, not as simple, but as, as kind of like wide, widely known as expected, uh, Uh, weighted on base average and looking at those uh, having them in one spot and being able to look at it all at once and just being like this is where this guy got unlucky or lucky uh, perhaps and being able to kind of calibrate my uh, my kind of perspective about a particular particular, excuse me uh, hitter or pitcher um, but being able to do it like efficiently and not having to like poke around like eight different websites to to kind of collect all my thoughts about him
1: and that's what I love about it, because it's all in one spot for us now, because I remember I'd be writing articles or whatever, and I'll have Savant, Fangraphs, all these different websites open, and you pretty much have all of it right here, which is amazing. So um, that that leads me to another question. How would you like it? And I know this sounds goofy, but I don't, I'm not the only one that uses your stuff. I know other people do how do you want credit for this when we're talking about it and using it for, for an article?
2: <laughs> yeah. So like, it's been a little hard, um, this preseason just cause I have the secret link. So it's like I'm mm-hmm. for, for someone who wants to use like the deserved strikeout rate or walk rate. I did write posts about those. So like you can use those links. And I, I usually just tell people if they want to link to it, you can just use the public link or you can do screenshots of the, the, the tables, um, without including the, uh, the the browser bar obviously like that's fine um i don't i don't really need uh the the credit uh i mean it's it's nice and like at one point you deserve it yeah like you know i i i say that i don't need it and like secretly obviously i I want (laughs) to be credited with it but like i think when it when i first started doing it um and like before it it kind of snowballed into something bigger uh quote unquote bigger, I don't really know if it really is that all that big, but um, just among the people who are using it on twitter you know i I really wanted to be like look i I did this really cool thing and i'd like I would like credit for it and now like I can see tweets where I, like i know mm-hmm. i I'm almost certain <laughs> I know where they got all that information <laughs> in one spot and and were' able to synthesize it, and it's like that's just a you know that's just that's cool, you know it's just yeah. cool enough to see people using yeah. it um and i I really like don't constantly need. Um, the validation or anything, but if they wanted to cite it, um, I mean, just, just, you know, the, a link, um, you know, just include a, a in in the, in text URL or I don't even know, like you don't have to say my name at all. You can just call it the pitch leaderboard. Like that's cool enough that someone even would say that, but it's not like, It's not well enough known that you can just say that, and someone's like, "Well, what the fuck is he talking about?" Like, so you should probably include a link, so they're not like, "Where did you get this information?" Um, I'm with you there. Yeah, I don't really care. So,
1: hey, so when you know you got like 2018, you got 2019 data on here. Um, As the season goes on, obviously you're going to be trying to update it. How easy are? Is it going to update like in real time through you know links with Savant and whatnot, or? Is there like a timetable where you should expect things linked up?
2: Um so it I it depends on when I'm at my computer, basically, because yeah. Tableau, um at least like uh I there's probably like a fancier way to do this, but I'm not like like savvy enough for it. Um, so right now like it just uploads straight to um like like tableau's website like the the url for the leaderboard is like public.tableau.com like it's nothing like super fancy or anything um and because of that like it just i can't get it to just link from like baseball savants api or whatever and then automatically update so basically every day when i get to my computer i have to like open tableau and then resave it and that's it like it just needs to to wake up and then go back to sleep but it needs to know that there's new data there so like basically on work days, it'll update with yesterday's data. Um, gotcha. so like if it's, uh, uh, April 1st, um, March 31st data will be uploaded. And on April 2nd, uh, sometime in the morning when I get up and get out of bed, um, and get to my computer, uh, the April 1st data will be uploaded. So that's like cool. a really janky, uh, way to be doing it. I'm sure there's a, 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 better way to do it, but that's, you know, you can, you can expect everyday data, but, um, but uh, it's also just me uh, doing this by myself and just like, you know, routinely screwing things up um, and just, <laughs> just just getting by.
1: Um, no, that, that, that's totally fine. I was just curious because I know like certain projection sites. This is not projecting These are actual real stats. They just take some time from, for once in a while. So I just wanted to have an idea if we're using these for something, how up-to-date will they be? And the fact they're basically going to be up-to-date is pretty darn awesome. Um, yeah. We can keep, you know, we can go through this whole thing and keep asking questions, but, we want people to go check it out on their own. Um, We've kind of hinted at things that are coming up. What's next? What's kind of the vision of this thing for you? What do you want to add to it? Where do you want to take it?
2: Um, I think uh, it's kind of like one of those curves where I've 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 defeated like the steepest part at the very beginning and gotten gotten past the hardest part of just building it and figuring out what it should look like and like really struggling with how people should use it. Like, I'm not like a, a user interface expert. So like learning this on my own was, um, definitely a struggle in terms of just getting it to a point where like, you know, I, I, I know how it works and I'm familiar with it, but how does someone else learn and, and, and use it and, and kind of, uh, and browse it. And, uh, that's not necessarily the way that I use it and just trying to figure out how that works, uh, for other people. So that was like the biggest struggle is just to, to just get it into a format and kind of a context that, that was usable and now that i've done that and i've gotten past the hardest part it's really just about what metrics do i want to show up Mm -hmm. there and again like updating the the splits page and the rolling graphs and stuff so like really the biggest the two biggest things are like the rolling graphs for uh hitters and pitchers with with more functionality uh, a splits tab for hitters um as far as like metrics go i think i'm pretty happy with the ones that are there um Mm -hmm. I can add as many tabs as I want. I just don't want to like (laughs) overload people. Um, Like I I slimmed down the eight tabs uh, for, for, for overall performance and for pitch specific performance down to like five. Um, And that was like a, that was a choice of me uh, not wanting people to misuse certain metrics at the pitch level, like FIP or XFIP. So like, just kind of like, just, just, conscientiously slimming things down so it's not so burdensome um i have actually a list right here of things that i want to do um let's see oh like how-to videos i don't know that's gonna be weird make me making yeah. videos um <laughs> i want to i want to try to make like an era estimator i think like uh, one fun. that's not fip or xfip um the thing is like connor kirk or Kurson, i think it's kirk mm-hmm. i don't know how to say his name uh, on Twitter, uh, with six man rotation, he made uh, DCRA and PCRA, and those basically are like what I would have wanted to do with an ERA estimator. So I gotta figure something out myself. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, yeah, I think, um, oh, and maybe like some stuff. I'm really interested in like the spin axis and the spin efficiency stuff that like some people talk about and only some people have access to, and um, you know, I, I, there is like a leaderboard on StackCast that I've seen once, um, and I, I just haven't had a chance to really like dig into it or anything. So that's also something that I want to look into, but is just one of those projects for uh, a rainy day, so... Yeah, we'll it's see. gonna be awesome. We'll see. I'm looking,
1: I'm looking forward to the additions because it's a, it's an awesome tool and to keep incorporating stuff in one spot, is gonna be sweet. So, uh, why don't you remind everybody where they can get that or when, when's it available to the masses?
2: Uh, I want to make it available to the masses a week before opening day, so like March 19th is my plan. So a month from today, which is why I was gonna shut off access to the private one. Um, but again, if you want to donate to charity, I'm not going to stop you from donating to charity and I will, I will gladly send you access. It's just something I, you know, I don't want, I don't want people to get mad at me or anything. Um, excuse me. And, uh, you can find it on my uh, Twitter account. Uh, again, you can find the public version in the URL, uh, portion of my Twitter account and you can find the private one, uh, by DMing me on Twitter, um,
1: that, yeah. and when, when do when are uh, professional teams going to start contacting you about this <laughs> <laughs>
2: a lot of people ask me that uh no one because well, no, the, an- the answer is never and uh and no one i guess is going to contact me i really don't know um and no <laughs> truly truly no one has ever reached out um huh. from a team i uh i did apply for a job with the dodgers a few years ago and i got to like the final three or four people, as I found out after the fact from someone who knew about the hiring process. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was also just like looking for a real job at the time. And the people with a real job offered me that real job Uh, and the Dodgers (laughs) were just dragging their feet. And I was like, all right, like either I can take a real job and become a corporate schmuck, or I can uh, take a part-time internship with the Dodgers Uh, out of grad school I was like okay like let's just be realistic about this so um, (laughs) that was like the farthest I'd ever came and that was me you know go you know reaching out to or not reaching out but like following their lead and not like anyone uh, coming out to to reach out to me but even if they did like what I don't know what I'm gonna do like if they need me to move I can't probably so um, we'll see but I don't I don't ever hold my breath about it like I'm not ever expecting anyone Uh, To reach out, but if they do, that'd be really cool. Uh, And I wouldn't
1: complain, complain. I I think they would utilize these tools quite well. But uh, let's talk some more StatCast here. Let's talk. uh, You did some, you did an article on what StatCast measures correlate best. Uh, You and Al Melchior did it last year. You kind of went back and double checked things to see if it was the same after last season. And you know, I hear Eno Serres and many others, you know, barrels are the stickiest stat. They talk about that all the time. And now you, you did some work with like, you know, exit velocity and line drives and launch angle and all these different things. What did you find from 2018 to 2019 when it comes to these StatCast metrics?
2: I found that it's mostly the same. <laughs> I found that it mostly <laughs> stayed the same, which is good. Which is that's good no, that's that a good to, thing. That's a very yeah, good thing. Yeah, we, wanted to, we just wanted to make sure. I think, um, you know, I think barrels had a larger lead over other um of over other metrics it, in the previous year and it, it doesn't as much this year and that's not a huge issue um yeah but but barrels are king um like barrels per batted ball event or barrels per plate appearance are both uh superior in terms of uh like their relationship to home runs per fly ball or to isolated power or even to uh to weighted on base average and expected weighted on base average it's the uh, I would say it's like the foremost uh, uh, StatCast metric in terms of identifying a hitter's uh, power, uh, as simple as that. And yeah, we look at like average exit velocity, fly ball distance, maximum distance, maximum EV, average distance, average home run distance, hard hit rate, like everything, literally everything. Like this was Al's idea and something that like, you know, probably most of us are just too lazy um to ever do and he was just like we just need like to know all these (laughs) well what what all these relationships are and 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 have them all in one place and just have this answer to not be guessing and it was really quite brilliant to just have him kick me in the butt and um and do this and and run the numbers and it was uh extremely helpful to know that like barrels are you know significantly better than than max ev or something like average ev and um In terms of stickiness, um, barrels, yeah, I mean they're all they're all pretty sticky from year to year. Um, It's actually, according to this table, average exit velocity and fly balls and line drives is the stickiest. But like, we're splitting hairs among like the top four to seven measures on this table. Like anywhere from from ninety five mile per hour plus rate—that's what I called hard hit rate—but anywhere from that one all the way up to average exit velocity or max exit velocity, we're talking about really, really um, sticky from year to year. So if you expect or if you see a certain barrel rate uh, in 2019, you can reasonably expect it to show up um, in 2020, which is why I wanted to do something like Deserve Barrels because it's kind of hard to weed out the noise sometime when you see someone uh, have a huge spike in their bail rate. Um, you know, when you see that barrels are sticky from year to year, Um, there's a good reason to believe why uh, someone's barrel rate might stick. So looking at something like a deserved barrel rate um, based on their exit velocity and their launch angles uh, would be able to hopefully uh, better, uh, you know, better able to tell you if that barrel rate was earned or if it's going to like backslide in 2020. So it can be, it can be, it can be difficult. It can be difficult to know (laughs) when it's actually going to stick versus when it was uh, a spike, it can be, it can be misleading.
1: You know, I'm, I'm glad you br- brought that up though. Cause like, yeah, you can go to someone's savant page and look at the last three or four years of their, their data. And you know, they have big, big year, small year, big year, small year. It's like, it's like a wave for them. But maybe if you look at the expected, it's all kind of the same. So that'd be interesting. I'll have to go double check and look at some of that. You probably already have already for most of those guys, but um, that'd be interesting to check out for sure. Um, I saw Eno Harris. I know I I didn't put this on the uh, outline, but you were tweeting about it right before we got on. Eno and some others were talking about. uh, I think Tom Tango mentioned, you know, looking at exit velocity. Guys like Victor Robles are always getting you know crapped on because their exit velocity isn't great. But uh, they talk about how exit velocity doesn't, you know, they keep pop ups and or bunts. Bunts stay into the deal. So I saw you put a little chart out there of guys that uh, EV's improved, and you know. You know, Robles is still, I think, going like 83 or 84 miles an hour, which not great, but at least it it went up like three or almost three miles per hour. What did you what? Like, I know you're in your your infancy, I guess, of looking at that process, unless you've done a lot before. I have no idea about it. But um, what's what's like we're the fact that you dove into it already, I think, has you intrigued on something. Where are you going with that?
2: I, um, so I just talked about deserved barrels. I want to refine my deserved barrel metric because, um, that used, uh, average exit velocity, uh, Mm -hmm. and it used, um, the, the, the very, the variance uh, of exit velocity. So basically like the, the, the more consistently you can produce a a certain exit velocity, like the better hitter you're going to be. So I included both the average and um, kind of like the the consistency of exit velocity in my barrel rate metric, and I think we're gonna see not only that guys who bunt um have lower exit velocities than they should on balls where they actually you know swing and put the put the bat on the ball with with some kind of uh you know effort or exertion um but also see that like bunts go straight into the ground so like every time you do that's gonna make your launch angle look worse too. Um, so, or at least not straight into the ground, but it has like a negative, you know, cause it's gonna be a ground ball. It's going to have like a negative launch angle or whatever. So I think, um, I think tightening that up, um, and removing bunts just for that purpose alone, um, will really recalibrate a bunch of guys on the lower end of the spectrum. And, and inherently doing that for the, for a very specific subset of guys will also make those estimates for the guys who don't ever bunt better too so it's like even for like nelson Cruz and paul goldschmidt or whatever who who probably have never bunted in their life um you know even their deserved barrel rates will will look better because of it too so um and, and again uh, going back to uh quantifying uh or not quantifying but like the the which metrics correlate best uh, i looked at average exit velocity um and it has a strong relationship but it would probably be way stronger if it was just you know with bunts removed. Um, so I think there's just a real, a, you know, I, I don't know how to articulate it without looking into it more. Like I, again, I literally like was doing it a half hour before. I, we got That's I, I could my yeah, yeah. I was my, like, okay. It, I mean,
1: his brain's thinking or something. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So the gears are turning. The gears are turning. So I, you know, yeah. I expect that like, if we, if we were using this very specific kind of exit velocity more often than average, even if it was, you know, even if we can see that average exit velocity on fly balls and line drives is better than, overall exit velocity um just removing bunts seems like a really smart step in the right direction in terms of talking universally about exit velocity because it just seems like it's it's quite obvious that like a guy who's bunting is not is like very deliberately not putting the ball into play the way that we are uh, and kind of like yeah yeah kind of just like just just kind of, uh, of framing it when we when we talk mm-hmm. about average exit velocity
1: it might as well just be taking the pitch in theory <laughs> but it's technically in play so it gets registered um, that that's why I also love and I know you talked about it and we'll talk about it some more here pretty soon that's why I love that xo bacon stat because you just take it's only what's in play now it's only on pitches and con- uh, contact so it takes all those other pitches out of the mix and I think you get a much more clear example of what's taking place for these guys and you have you know, the, the graphs, the charts for that and everything. But this deserved barrel is quite interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that changes. And um, I'm looking forward to other people seeing this chart just because scrolling through it while I was looking for certain names here, you can um, see some people that like really, really, people that love certain players for their power. If they saw the deserved barrels, they might be a little more skeptical of things. So <laughs> that's going to be quite fun for that to all take place. Uh, let's talk about another piece of work you, you've been doing uh Quantifying the benefit of spray angle And this is an interesting one Because when we talk exit velocity We've talked barrels in general It's exit velocity plus launch angle Within a certain launch angle For those that are keeping track at home Now when you went into this You broke it down into a whole other world You used Jeff Zimmerman's Basically outfield map of angles In the in the field also But you took out certain categories What did you kind of discover By breaking all this down And going super deep into this
2: Yeah yeah, I feel like take a <laughs> deep breath, like just thinking about how complicated it is. Um, yeah, it was well, a lot of Yeah, yeah. So like, um, so uh, I'm trying to think of like the best way to describe this, but basically, you know, I, I think I think there's uh, we kind of intuitively understand, um, especially among the people who are at, uh, thinking critically about it. Um, when we talk about uh, expected WOBA and WOBA, um, like the expected WOBA that comes out of um, that comes out of Statcast and Baseball Savant um only has exit velocity exit velocity and launch angle excuse me <clears throat> and uh yeah that's that's cool that's nice um except that we know like a 350 foot blast down the line uh, is a home run every time and a 350 foot blast even to like left center uh is gonna be a casual fly out and especially to dead center um so spray angle really matters and i think the omission, I think, and not not just me thinks that, but uh, you know, everyone who's who's thinking critically about this like realizes that spray angle, and by spray we're talking about just kind of like the lateral angle uh, from from pull to oppo um, matters, and that's like a re- repeatable skill for some guys. Like Brian Dozier was the king of of pull rate for a long time when he was viable, and there's definitely guy like Nick Cassianos is uh, kind of like an all fields guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with same with Miggy when he was viable too um so like that that's that's something that's repeatable i think and uh kind of like the problem with including it um in Xwoba and like i, I understand i understand why they did it because of uh, kind of the the trouble with even just including it in the first place is that um when you include spray angle everything just becomes a noisy mess and Xwoba basically breaks um so you kind of have to take a broad approach with it and so that's what that's kind of what i did here was i'm getting to the meat of the meat and potatoes of everything here is that i i took uh jeff zimmerman's spray angle calculation basically um because they don't actually have that in in stack cast like you have to calculate it on your own based on where they say the hit landed or where the ball in play landed um so i calculated spray angles and then i just bin them very broadly into like left field left center uh center field right center right field um and then i applied that to every play so or every ball in play so like we have the exit velocity like a very specific exit velocity 95 miles per hour Uh, we have a very specific launch angle uh 15 degrees and then we have like a broad um a broad kind of like spray angle classification of um left center field kind of thing um i didn't quite do it exactly the way i described That's some that's a way that i tried one other time i, I took a little i took a, a slightly different approach but basically like that's what i did and all i did was i calculated the woba minus x woba so something that we all use like you know very frequently when just looking at a player's overall performance um but looked at the, the, the differences between actual and expected performance uh within those like newly binned categories and seeing like like how big the disparity is and then seeing which guys that affected most. And basically like I just took those numbers um for these these kind of like these new uh ex WOBA bins, we'll call them. Um took some averages and slapped them back onto each player to see who was benefiting the most and who was going down the most. So like guys like uh, Tom Murphy and like Jose Ramirez who pulled the ball a lot um, were being undervalued by ex-WOBA. And that's, that's something that we all knew intuitively. Um, and like guys who, who spray the ball around a lot, like I don't know, like a Brandon Belt or again, Cassianos, whatever, um, are being uh, I should I should caveat this like if someone goes and looks and sees that I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know if it's those guys specifically. Like I didn't I didn't really look, but like just the just the guys who 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 use all fields um are are the guys who are going to be um maybe unfairly bolstered by Xwoba when they should be actually punished a bit more because they're not pulling the ball consistently, which is where you're really like maximizing the value of your your batted ball because you don't have to hit it as far, frankly. So, um, Again, that was like a really long, convoluted way of describing it, but um, it's really, it's really kind of a simple calculation. And just looking at these kind of like specific, um, these specific spray angle buckets, and just seeing where Woba and X Woba w- had the biggest differences, and seeing which guys had the biggest differences in those kind of like those areas of the field, uh, and then and then and then summing it all up.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's really cool to see because, like you said, it kind of breaks down the most important aspects of actually you know, hitting the ball and having success with hitting the ball and getting the new Expo bacon that you have on the sheet. Um, I can't wait to see if they actually start using the new Expo bacon in some format. Is this the one that's on your pitcher leaderboard, board or do you have the regular Expo bacon?
2: I need to make sure which one I have on there. I do have some kind of, uh, I do have some kind of adjustment to it. Like I think I have yeah. park factor adjustments to, um, ex-wobacon. I like that it's ex-wobacon. I, I oh, never yeah, say that in my head, but I everyone I think everyone else says it, but I just say ex-wobacon like a nerd. Um, but ex-wobacon not <laughs> boy cooler. Well, um, so you actually
1: say it the way it's kind of spelt. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's a real missed opportunity that I'm not saying bacon like every single time in my head. Um, uh, yeah, so it, uh, right, it has some kind of park factor adjustments. So like uh, we know that Colorado uh, we know that Cincinnati are, like, great hitter ballparks, et cetera. Houston is, a great, is like, a sneaky good hitter ballpark. Um, mm-hmm. Applying those adjustments to guys um, on their ex-woe ex-wo bacon. See, I there got it right go. there. There you go. Um, So, like, a guy like Alex Bregman, um, uh, you know, all commentary aside right now, um, mm-hmm. is probably slightly undervalued by – Uh, ex-well bacon because it's not accounting fully for his home park which is pretty friendly to hitters um so it has like a small adjustment for that and it does have a small adjustment for spray but i don't think it's quite the way i've done it in my post um and i need to reconcile that and actually it's a good point i need to just like write that down and and check into it but there is there is something again the short answer there's always a short answer with everything i'm doing here but the short answer is that there Mm -hmm. is um there is some adjustments, um, so it's not what's coming out of StatCast necessarily, and it should, in theory, be um, more accurate than than what you're seeing straight out of Baseball Savant. And, again, that's something that I'm using, hopefully, to my advantage this preseason and looking at guys who uh, might be significantly over or undervalued based on uh, ex-WOBA and ex-WOBACON.
1: Yeah, it's really cool to see because, like, I just hit the, you know – to shift the, the the board on the Fangraphs article, the Rotograph article, to uh, for the new difference between the new XO bacon and regular o bacon, And the first name, it just tilts me to no end. It's Marcelo Zuna, who year after year, his X numbers are so much better than his real numbers. He just can't do it. But it's fun to see some of these because you get an idea of some guys like, you know, all of us that love Danny Jansen last year. Maybe there's hope after all. You never know. But uh, I'm glad you had Matt Olson on here just bawling out because he's, he's a – Near and dear to my heart, so that's always a good one. Um, yeah, it's a really cool article. All the stuff Alex does is great, so I recommend checking it out. Check out the pitch leaderboard um, as it'll be available soon. But get it beforehand. Go help go help out a little bit. Go get some of that um, before we get to listener questions. I didn't want to just go over all your articles. I just want to get your thoughts on some things now. Um, give me three players that, as you're doing your research, that because you, you know you got tout tout coming up here in a few weeks. What are three players that you're, like, really, really in on this year?
2: Yeah, you're starting to terrify me, man, because I really haven't done that much research, which is, like, truly... I almost...
1: I saw your tweets on catchers, and I almost said, let's just do a catcher pod, but I know how much people love those.
2: (laughs) I would (laughs) gladly do a completely (laughs) troll-worthy, like, just a a fully trolling uh, catcher pod. Um, I think there's value to it, but anyway... I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah, I really haven't gotten that far um in my research and it's incredibly pl- problematic. My wife is leaving this weekend so it's just going to be me like in my room in my underwear all day for like f- 3 or 4 days just um just slaving away at this. Um I'm trying to think of some guys who have really piqued my interest. I think like uh uh on the hitter side just and my my most recent recollection of ADP so someone like J.D. Davis, um, obviously like the usual guys like Edwin Encarnacion and Nelson Cruz who are being under underrated. Um, but J.D. Davis, um, like Willie Calhoun, um, some of these like mid-round slugger guys who may have like kind of some dubious playing time stuff, but like really not. Like Nomar mazara is gone. Um, Danny Santana is what competing with Rudin doer and, and not Willie Calhoun. And I, I think like Calhoun is going to do like a, a fantastic Reese Hoskins impression. Um, JD Davis is dope. Um, yeah. And I think like people are scared that he's going to lose playing time. And um, I, I mentioned in my tweet that like Michael Conforto in 2018, Jeff McNeil in 2019, like we have such specific precedence with this damn New York Mets team of like them saying, or, like, giving us, like, kind of, like, wishy-washy playing time outlooks for these guys with, like, really great skills. Um, and I think, like, J.D. Davis is just going to be a guy who we're kicking ourselves wondering why we were scared that he was going to lose playing time to someone else, even someone like Dom Smith. Um, so those are guys just that just jump out. Um, but, again, like, I... I need to do more research because I'm I'm just <laughs> woefully behind. But I, I do know guys that I won't be targeting.
1: Okay,
2: um, that's that not helpful here because that's not the that's not the question. Um, no, as that's far also as a pitchers, good one. It's it's helpful, but it's like not you know it's not as interesting. <laughs> um, guys, guys that I'm in on for pitchers, like, uh, it's boring. Like it's gonna be super boring. Like it's uh like it's like Lance Lynn at his price, and definitely Kyle Hendricks at his price. I'm so I think like. I think Julio Urias is going to be uh a stud. Uh I think he's gonna like really break out in a big way this year. Um he probably has like an innings limit, but he's gonna be like super, super solid in like 150 innings or whatever. Um and uh yeah, like I, I don't have strong opinions on like Jesus Lazardo yet or uh who who are some of like the helium guys right now. Like Zach Gallon's gonna get helium, but I yeah. I do sincerely like zach gallon so if i need to get if i want to get him i'm gonna to have to get him soon before he gets all the helium um yeah, and, like
1: zach gallon max Fried. those are a couple of them that are going crazy
2: yeah like 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 so like mike soroka and brandon woodruff and, and max Fried mm-hmm. are all guys that i like but i just see like a pretty firm ceiling for all of them like i just don't i think you're drafting them closer to their ceiling uh than their floor which is fine like you know maybe they break even or whatever but i i i would rather draft someone closer to his like average performance or even closer to his floor like that would be nice cuz that way you're you're you know you're maximizing your your chance for profit and i just think like you know if i wanted soroka i would just draft Kyle Hendricks like four mm-hmm. rounds later who's done it uh like 7 million times already um so yeah uh I'm just again I, rambling. I just ramble. I love,
1: but I, I love, I love the Hendricks call, and it's, it's, it kind it's, of stinks. It's too easy.
2: It's almost too easy. I mean, well, the guy's like a go for it. Go for it.
1: Well, he's consistent as heck, but it stinks because, um, you know, in years past, no one really talked much about it. But I think everyone's getting wise to how good he is. Like all the stuff you said. It's, you know, when it comes to ratios, he might not strike out the world, but you'll get some big ace pitchers early that strike out a lot of guys, and then you can go get Kyle Hendricks as your three or your four, and you're setting up real pretty there. So. Um yeah, it's 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 a it might sound like an easy pick, but he's never, you know, sexy. He's just Kyle Hendricks out there. They call him the professor for a reason. And, you know, they got these flashy young kids that are getting all drafted around him that everybody wants to go, you know, target and then there's Kyle Hendricks there that's gonna probably help a team win a league. So it's uh it's not a bad call at all. Um gimme give gimme give one guy that you're not gonna draft at all.
0: Hmm.
2: There's quite a few guys like that, but I'm going to, I'll take this moment to like echo something <laughs> that Vlad Sedler said in his podcast with good man um, to echo. Yeah. I can't remember which podcast it was. Oh man, I'm terrible. Um. Uh, oh, with, with DVR with Derek um, yeah. Van Riper. Um. And he, you know, he's uh, something that I preach is like, you should have, you should at least try to have a strong opinion, not even a strong opinion, but just like an informed opinion about everyone. Um, even if that opinion is that you don't know how to kind of like how to, uh, how to have an opinion about a certain guy and like, uh, Corey Kluber and Carlos Carrasco are two pitchers who I have loved always, you know, for like the last half decade. Um, and just based on both of their 2019 seasons, uh, Kluber being injured, uh, you know, loss of velocity Carrasco having cancer, um, I don't need to force myself into a position where I'm speculating on them, where I feel comfortable just simply taking, like, uh, Zach Granke or Noah Syndergaard or something at that same spot. Like, I don't need to force the issue and have a guy who might who might genuinely bounce back in a big way, um, but, like, not not feeling confident about that. Like, I, I want to feel confident in all the decisions I make. So, like, those two guys I, I'm not going to have. Uh, I'm definitely not going to have Brandon Woodruff, just, you know, for some of the, the reasons I outlined. Um, I'm not going to have maybe Hazel Lazardo for for being too green. Um, and, you know, if he breaks out, he breaks out. But, like, I can just get uh, someone cheaper who might be better like Kyle Hendricks. Like, I just mm-hmm. – I can always find reasons to talk myself out of someone based on uh, the market price. So, like, those are guys that I definitely won't have. And um, on the hitter side of things, like, I'm not going to have Jose Altuve. I If I want Javi Baez, I'll probably just get Kestin Hira um if i want uh i don't know like if i want pete alonso i'm just going to take nelson cruz so like i just know there are a bunch of guys when i get into the room that i'm just never going to take at their certain spot and i I don't necessarily have strong opinions on them yet but i'm going to get there and be like why am i drafting pete alonso in the third when i can have cruz in like the seventh like
1: 100 percent agree
2: i'm gonna do it every single time 11 times out of 10 taking Cruz instead of Alonzo. And now I'm faced with the, the dilemma, the Rob Silver dilemma, which he always makes fun of me uh, for, uh, of having Chris Davis really cheap this year, who I strongly <laughs> believe will bounce back. Cause I don't think, yep. I don't think us, I think, well, sorry, I'm saying that incorrectly. I think us shying away from him for that rib injury that very clearly derailed his season um, mm-hmm. is just absolutely foolish. Um, and I'm going to try to, I'm not going to I'm not going to get 100% Chris Davis. because so I got to add some Nelson Cruz, but I think everyone who did, who drafts Chris Davis is is going to have uh, a really successful season.
1: <laughs> I 100% agree on the Chris Davis take. Like he was so hurt in the wrist, the rib, like everything. He was injured nonstop after about the first month and a half two months of the year. So uh that'll definitely affect your overall production. There's no hiding that at all. And he's going at a, like he was going around Chris uh Nelson Cruz last year. Now he's growing way after him. So by the sounds of your conversation, there you've already done a little bit of research because you know the player pool quite well on where you do and don't want guys. That's a big, big way to uh, you know navigate a draft with you know let's not take Alonzo here, let's take someone else, and I'll get the same or similar production later. So that's yeah, how you win leagues. So that's very, very good stuff there. Uh, let's do a couple of listener questions. You mentioned Rob Silver, so we will talk <laughs> about Rob Silver as the first time, and you know, you know, quirky guy here. I, I first thought he was. You know, tweeting to one of his politicians, long time listener, first time caller, but he wasn't. It was to us. Um, <laughs> I really like Jordan Alvarez, Nelson Cruz, and Chris Davis. So it's kind of your dilemma here. How early is too early to take your third DH to the standard league? I'll hang up and listen. So, yeah, this is what you said. Like, you're going to have Cruz some places, but you want as much Chris Davis. Are you ever taking two or three of those guys? Because you're pretty much hamstringing yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, he's making fun of me because I um, – so in my – in Tout Wars last year, I actually um, – I drafted Chris Davis and completely forgetting that he's DH only. Um, I threw out Nelson Cruz um, and I wasn't allowed to do it and everyone had to roll it back. And it actually created this huge problem because like everyone had struck Nelson Cruz from their list um like they're draftless so we did the whole draft um and no one drafted nelson cruz and clay link just got nelson cruz with the first pick of like the supplemental draft for the bench so like i totally fucked things up like just being an idiot like i just totally goofed it um and like i haven't lived it down like i they're gonna like name a rule after me where like you have to if you (laughs) strap this guy down make sure he doesn't draft to uh dh's here so he's just making fun of me but like it's tough because all three of them are good. I'm not going to have any Yordan probably just because it's, it's so he's really good. And I won't, I won't deny that for a second, but um, again, it's, it's all about relative price point. point. Yeah. I mean, Yordan is um, the most expensive DH only. I'm just saying DH in lieu of utility, just because it's easier, but DH only hitter for as far back as I have data, which goes back to 2012. And we're talking about like, we're talking about a guy we're talking about David Ortiz, who like mm-hmm. is going to be a is he in the hall of fame? He's not in the hall of fame yet.
1: Not nah, yeah, this he be.
2: I forget how this works. He's yeah. gonna be like a first ballot Hall of Famer as a DH. Like he's like one of the mm-hmm. most famous DHs in the game aside from Edgar Martinez. And we're talking about Jordan Alvarez having a, a higher ADP than any of David Ortiz's peak offensive years, which is really crazy to me. Like I if I could just frame it in that context. Um, like it just seems really wild to me that we're, we're investing so much stock in him. And, and again, I'm not denying how talented he is. And I I think there's a high probability that he pays off his draft point. Like, I think he can be a top 50 player, um, if he stays healthy for the full season. Um, but I also would just rather have Chris Davis or Nelson Cruz at their, at their price points. So, um, I will probably split it like 50, 50 between Davis and Cruz and not have a single, Alvarez Sharon, you know, I'll probably be sad about it because he will be a great third pick for any team. Um, I think, and I genuinely believe that, but I I don't think some people are probably well-equipped to take on a utility-only guy that early Um, because, like, we always complain about it. People are always complaining about utility-only and then they're willing to shell out for the new shiny thing. So, you know, whatever. I'm not even going to, like, try to rationalize it, but... um, Anyway, Rob's making fun of me, but... um, yeah, I, it'll be – if I had 10 teams, it's going to be five Cruz, five Davis, and zero Jordan.
1: Good old Rob with that Canadian sense of humor. you got to watch out with that. Um, our buddy Yancey Eden. I can't believe – I ask all his questions he asked. I, thought, I, I don't know how he didn't think he could ask a silly question, but he says – he's asking you this. and It's kind of ironic because you live on an island, but it's not a deserted island. You're stranded alone on a deserted island. You get one junk food item to eat and one album to listen to for the rest of your life. I just, um, we'll just go on there, but what junk food and what album are you picking?
2: Uh, this is, you know, I should have, I should have actually had an answer prepared for this. Um, (laughs) junk food is, is hard. Like I, I want to find ways to weasel out of this. Um, Mm -hmm. like junk food implies to me that we're talking about like something that you get out of a package, you know, like a cookie or a chip and not like, not like brownies, like a dessert, Ooh. like a full dessert. like if you gave me a plate of brownies, or I guess like if it's if it's all I'm eating, just a pile of of brownies like with very specifically has like like a, a nice ribbon of like salted caramel through it, kind of thing there you go. Uh, like dark chocolate chips in it, like something you've like thought that about this really
1: I you've thought about this.
2: I thought about it quite a <laughs> good, quite a bit and like and then thought about all the technical ways in which I can get disqualified. Um, like if I could have a donut. But that donut is customizable every day. I would just have donuts. Ooh,
1: but if it could be only amazing. be
2: one donut, I don't think I could narrow it down to a specific donut. Um, so I'm like, I, I, I'll just the cheating, the cheating answer is donuts, where I get to pick which donut I want every day. That'd be super dope. Um, and otherwise, I'd probably have brownies um, because I could get full and I could stop. Whereas like other snacks, I can eat until I hate myself. Um, So I think just, like, for (laughs) self-preservation purposes, I need to go with brownies here. Um, The record that I...
1: That's a tough... The record's tough.
2: That's super tough. Um, Wow. That is way too difficult. Um, It would probably be something that I know I'm not tired of yet, (laughs) having listened to it for, like, Almost tw- almost fifteen years at this point um, would be hot damn! By every time I die, um, that's probably a pretty good one. Um, or I'd pick um, "Reach for the Sun" by The Dangerous Summer. Um, those are those are those are two of my favorite records of all time. Um, but the fact that he forced me to pick one is just shows that he's not a good friend.
1: Yeah, it's um, rude. It's Very rude. So
2: yeah, and he yeah, loves music.
1: He loves music, so he knows how difficult that is. That that's rough.
2: Yeah, he he we we text every now and then and I I inundate him with like the same four bands uh and he's like <laughs> he's like a man of learning and he's like constantly reading uh and listening to new podcasts and bands and like always exploring new things and I'm like like deathly afraid of new experiences so I just listen to like the same four bands <laughs> over and over and like I don't learn and I I, I don't read and then like I, my my bla- my brain slowly like just kind of disintegrates in my skull um so that's that's how we're that's how we complement each other it's like together we're one normal person (laughs) um and then like but like splitting apart we're like complete opposites in terms of like our our pursuit of knowledge
1: i think i think yancey's like the only man that has 36 hours in a day because he listens to so much stuff reads books like it's unbelievable he says that he he, like listens
2: to a podcast in one year and and music in another and like i can't even like think How do you, and, you, and write yeah. at the same time let alone like do four different things like i just i just don't function that way so um, yeah, no way
1: not a chance yeah. uh for me junk food would be that's a tricky one um does pizza count no that's, probably that's, count, that's yeah. pretty
2: junky but i feel like it's applying yeah. like a like Package, a snack yeah, or a dessert. Yeah. yeah although like so hey they have dessert pizzas you know
1: like, I don't oh, know we could get weird with it i'll just <laughs> keep it simple i'll go cool ranch doritos that's oh, junk food. we'll go there. We're going there. And then for album Metallica, black album. I like to all listen right. to that over, over and over again, but I like all genres. So I'll probably, you know, figure something else out in two more minutes and we'll, and we'll go from there. But that's where I'll sit for now. Uh, last question we have. Well, there's a few questions here. Fantasy baseball junkie. And of course, I think there's tongue in cheek involved here. But does Talkman take the job and run with it, which is <laughs> actually a possibility because there's rumors he might start the year in the outfit.
2: Yeah, it's always going to be tongue in cheek a little bit with Talkman, um, and I, you know, I. It's hard for me to say yes, just because, um, they do have like decent depth in that outfield, um, and they'll, they'll always have, even if Giancarlo is like uh, DHing more often, like he's still capable of playing outfield. They have three capable outfielders in Stanton, Judge, and and Gardner. Um, but if they really value Talkman's defense and they are patient enough to watch his bat wake up the way it did last summer, yeah, maybe he gets like 450 plate appearances this year. I don't think he's going to like – I, as much as I love him and as, as much as I sincerely believe that he's a capable – like an extremely capable hitter, uh, more so than anyone is willing to give him credit for until I uh, – maybe until I – was the one who just told everyone to shut up and listen. Um, <laughs> is, you know, I, I can't I can't feel 100% confident that even if he had a strong showing that he would keep the job. Um but you know, I'm I'm willing to hope to to hold out hope for 450 plate appearances and feel like reasonably optimistic about that.
1: Um what about your other uh crush Josh Rojas? Do you think he finds a way in there? <laughs>
2: Um, that's a good. Uh, the Diamondbacks are a pretty good team, you know. Like I, I want to say that it's it's wide open, but they they made some offseason moves that that does del- does that does legitimately bury him um, more so than like Jeff McNeil was buried last year, um, but but not necessarily as much as Talkman was buried last year. So like, there's always ways for guys to find um, for guys to find playing time. Um, the fact that Again, the fact that roster resource lists him has in the minors is just absolutely astounding to me, and that's fine because it's suppressing his price. And Rob Silver and I are just silently, or not silently, but privately celebrating every day uh, to each other about how uh, his his price point stays so low. But I think you know Rojas has like a McNeil level breakout in him uh, if he finds the time. And injuries happen all the time. Guys who appear to be extremely durable uh, can quickly fall apart, and I, I think. We might be seeing Rojas as soon as like you know late April or something, but um, it does it does appear to be a little bit dicier than than I than I would like it to be. Um, but i I would take I'll take the over on four fifty for for Rojas.
1: Ooh, that's nice. Okay, he can be super productive over four fifty. I can dig that. And then part three, of fantasy baseball junkie's question: Do you or who is the twenty twenty guy of the Rojas Talkman ilk? Who is your man that you're putting the flag in for? Or do we have oh, to wait for that
2: one? Yeah, I mean I well it's it's technically Rojas. It's technically Rojas. So like I can't answer that question that well because his, he's in the he's in the question name. But if I had to pick someone other than Rojas, um who like I don't I, I feel like I find one guy who I'm passionate about each year. Like it's it was Jose mm. Ramirez in like twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen, it was that was pre-breakout. Um it was Mike Talkman, obviously, it was Jeff McNeil going to twenty nineteen. It's Rojas this year. Um, so a guy that that Ray Butler at uh, at uh, what is it called? Prospects three sixty five really likes that. I really like is Jake Cronenworth who got traded from the Rays to um, my cat. What the fuck? Sorry, my cat. I don't know. Just just <laughs> making all sorts of ruckus behind me. Um, no problem jay cronenworth who is traded from the rays to the padres i believe and he's a two-way player and he's legitimately very good at both um i don't know what the pot wait is he on the padres now i have to look this up i'm psyching myself out but he's he's dope um in his own right and uh and uh as i'm as i'm clicking around this is so tacky fan graphs jay cronenworth um he is on the Padres now yeah so he is two-way he's like 26 so he's like kind of too old to be a a real prospect but um actually a very good hitter and appears to be a very good pitcher like a a legitimate bullpen arm uh more of a two-way player than like even Michael Lorenzen would be but not quite like a Shohei um so Hmm. he's interesting but I'm not planning a flag because I don't know where his um like I don't know what where he's gonna fit in with that team that just has like is just overflowing with, like, interesting non-prospects. Um, so he's just someone to, like, watch, I would say. Just watch out for for Jake Cronenworth. Um, just 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 monitor his stock a little bit. Um, Josh Rojas is my hitter, and for my pitchers, I'm not through my pitcher analysis yet, and now I actually have to uh, jump to roster resource to make sure that I'm not crazy. Uh, look at the Twins rotation. Um, they got all sorts of guys, so it's going to be weird. Um, this takes so long to load. You
1: gonna say Dobnek?
2: I am gonna say Dobnek.
1: <laughs> Randy Dobneck,
2: the Uber driver. Um, because they so they have Barrios, Um, Odorizzi, Maeda, Bailey, Um, Pineda will come back. Rich Hill will come back. So, dobneck his leash is short. Um, mm-hmm. but he had a super, a genuinely super interesting AAA campaign last year before he was able to. Even have his moment in the the playoffs. He had like um he had like one of the highest ground ball rates and one of the highest strikeout minus walk rates. So we're talking about a guy who strikes guys out, uh, has solid command, and also induces a ton of ground balls. Um, and so even if that doesn't fully translate at the major league level, what he did in a small sample uh in twenty twenty nineteen at the major league level, um like a five to one strike to walk ratio and a ground ball rate above 50 that gave him uh an xfip of 3.77 and a sierra of 3.92 and that would be like a well above average pitcher uh for fantasy purposes and for regular purposes so like it sounds like a joke and he has like a handlebar mustache and whatever <laughs> but I I actually feel somewhat confident about this um, I like it and I you know I'm not gonna I am not going to plant a firm flag for him, um, but he probably will be one of my my bold prediction guys, at, you know, up there with like Urquidy and Gallon in terms of like the kind of ceiling they might have. I don't think he has their ceilings like Urquidy or Gallon, but
1: he's going to be extremely
2: sneaky in terms of like the value he's going to provide you. I think this year, so
1: it's a good uh, one dollar. Ad for you at uh, Towers or a reserve round ad for you at Wars coming up in a few weeks. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Less, less Rob Silver or someone snipes you. So we'll see.
2: Nah, Robin, Robin, I don't think anyone's talking about dobnik So I'm just going to like kind of ride this. You know, I'll get him like $1 everywhere, last pick everywhere. um If he sucks, then I cut him and it's not a big deal. But like, you know, he, he, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No one's talking about him. No one's talking about him.
1: I like it. Yep. I'm with you. No one is. Uh, last time I heard his name mentioned often was, uh, Playoff game, Uber driver was the story, not his pitchy performance. So right, right. It, it was all over the place. But, uh, Alex, that'll wrap us up for 248, another awesome, awesome appearance on the show. Uh, why don't you remind everybody where they can find you at Dolph Hall, Hagen, and what uh, what you got coming up at Rotographs or uh, the Pitch Leader Board again, whatever you want to talk about. It. The floor is yours.
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dolph Haldhagen. Uh, I refuse to spell it. Um, if you find me, <laughs> you earned it. Um, I I probably am not going to write very much more um, during the preseason just because i got a lot of planning of my own to do. I probably will have a bold predictions post. If I update the Deserve Barrels post, I'll do that. Um, I will continue kind of uh, re... Recalibrate the recalibrating the uh, pitch leaderboard to get it to a point that I really like, so that it's ready for launch on March nineteenth. And otherwise, I'm just uh, I'm just planning and and drafting and falling behind and and you know and, and watching <laughs> and watching other people execute their drafts way better than I I will. So that's that's always fun.
1: Oh, well, last question: what uh, what pick
2: do you get for TGFBI? I'm nine, number nine. nine. I how do you, how
1: do you feel about it?
2: I don't feel great. Uh, I, I so my 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 biggest problem the last two years. Uh, my first year in TGFBI, I came like fifty first out of like one ninety five. So like I was like upper quarter, upper Not quartile, um, like fourth in my league. Um, struggled with pitching. Uh, last year, I came like. Uh, like 270th out of 315 or something really horrible like genuinely like someone could have auto-drafted never set their lineup and maybe have done better than me uh, is how bad I did Um, and I struggled even worse with pitching so like what I really wanted to do was try to get Cole or DeGrom and number nine almost assures that I will not get Cole, Degrom, Scherzer, or Verlander. Uh, like I'm like in a I'm like in a weird spot where I'll miss them on the first round and then maybe miss the guys on the second round. Um, and so that's not foregone conclusion. Let's you know that's not necessarily like uh, uh, you know set in stone that that's going to happen. But it's like just too late in the in the first round for me to guarantee that I can get Degrom. Um, I set my my KDS as like seven six five four one two three eight nine and so like my ninth my ninth highest pick was nine and then i got nine so like i could have just yeah, not yeah. said anything uh
1: but <laughs> <you> know, whatever <laughs> yeah it, it always works out weird like that you never know how it's gonna play out but uh alex appreciate you joining me man uh always a great time
2: yeah thanks thanks for having me again it was a lot it was a lot of fun
1: no problem everybody this is bench with Bubba, episode 248 with alex chamberlain talking all the great the great stats and the pitch leader board catch you guys later